What is up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of The Confused World. Um, so, I'm going to be honest with you guys for a moment here. I've actually been kind of dragging my feet a bit on recording. Not because I don't want to do this anymore. Uh, I just started. So, I mean, obviously that's not the case. Um, there's just uh, quite a few stories that I've been trying to follow and uh i've been getting distracted so uh that's that's to be honest um forgive me if my voice sounds a little harsh on this episode um we actually have a a fire here in in town uh in my 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 hometown and um it's uh pretty smoky out so (laughs) forgive me if my voice seems a little uh uh, raspy or anything like that um so there's a couple of stories i want to touch up on um one of which is absolutely hilarious well two of them are actually quite hilarious um in perspective but um it is uh definitely entertaining uh the first story i like to talk about is uh the queen of england uh, celebrating her 95th birthday now her birthday was actually back in april 21st but they threw her a party this last week and um <laughs> the whole cake cutting ceremony was ratherly hilarious from the reports that i had heard anyway they were the queen apparently had um decided instead of just cutting her cake with a normal knife like anybody else would uh she was going to use a sword yes a sword you heard that right um camilla uh duchess of whatever she's dutch of um (laughs) i call her the duchess of oven but hey you know whatever (laughs) um she was uh, helping the queen wield the or guide the um, the sword into the cake so that the queen could properly cut it. Um, as she's getting ready to cut this cake of hers, uh, she looks up at Camilla and Camilla, not Kamala Harris, Vice President of the United States. No, Camilla, Duchess, as I said. Um, she <laughs> looks up at Camilla and says. I don't know if this is going to work very well. <laughs> you got to love the elderly. They, sometimes they are quite hilarious. And it doesn't even matter if you're royalty or not. Uh, when you get to a certain age, you have a certain uh, comedic factor to you for for some. And you got some cantankerous old people. But then, of course, you got those that are quite entertaining uh hilarious i think personally um so there's that story in the news and then of course you have um the uh uh, president biden addressing the military now that one absolutely floors me but it makes me laugh so so hard Merely for the fact that as he's addressing the military, um, they're all standing for him, like right before him. 
and finally looks up and goes, oh, yeah, that's right. You, um, you may all be seated. And as everyone's seating, you know, sitting down, he leans into the microphone and says, I forget I'm president sometimes. <laughs> I don't care who you are. That is absolutely hilarious. Uh, you could be uh, Joe Biden. You can be Donald Trump. You could be Clinton, um, Abraham Lincoln, George Washington. It does not matter. I think that is hilarious. Now, don't get me wrong. It's dangerous for somebody that is a president to admit that. But <laughs> and that's, you know, that's my own personal opinion. Um, but um yeah, I, I actually found that quite hilarious. I for sometimes forget I'm president. <laughs> All right. You, you just you, sit down. Sit down, old man. Just sit down. <laughs> Anyhow, um, he actually, actually, President Biden actually recently just, uh, just this week, uh, last couple of days actually, just met with um, Vladimir Putin, and uh, they met for a little bit, not very long, and then they went to go do their speeches in separate areas. Now I don't know what that means. Me personally, I would think that that would mean uh, that's not a good sign. Um, that's just me personally. Uh, I know that when he had met with Trump, like those two would, no, Trump had met with him a couple of times and they would even play golf together. They were like best of buds. But uh, apparently Putin did not decide to uh, hang out with uh, President Biden as long as he did with President Trump. So <laughs> who knows what that means exactly? But um, there's that. Now, um, one of the things I do want to do real quick is send a shout out to my buddies who have been on this podcast. Actually, they were part of the uh, the uh, movie opinion uh, episode. Um, my buddies, uh, Katie and Christian, they just got married last Sunday. It's coming up. This Sunday will actually be a week that they've been married. Um so I'm really, uh, really proud of those two. They've really come through a lot. They've been through a lot. And, uh, you know, their story has a similar ring to, uh, my wife and I's, uh, story. So, uh, little, little bit of a different change, but, um, there's similarities, that's for sure. So I want to send a big, big shout out to you guys, Katie and Christian, um, super proud of you guys, super happy for you guys, and, uh, I, uh, I hope the best for you guys, I really honestly do, you guys are good friends, uh, great co-workers, um, so, uh, it's gonna suck once you guys move up to Oregon, you hear that Oregon, they're coming for you, they're coming, <laughs> anyway, um, Maybe I can get them on a, another uh, episode and uh, we can touch base with them and see how uh, married life feels to them <laughs> now that it's, they've officially been married. <laughs> Who knows? Um, one of the other things that uh, I kind of 
want to touch up on is uh, the the face mask lift. I'm so so happy about it. I've tried to interview a few people. This is actually I think my seventh attempt on re- uh, you know trying to record an episode, and um, so <laughs> with the mask lift uh, in effect. Um, I've, I've actually been to quite a few uh, grocery stores and I've seen more people running around without masks now, which is absolutely amazing. Uh, it's you know it's nice to see people's faces again. Um, there's still a few that are running around with their masks on and abiding by the CDC codes. Then uh, there's a bunch that just don't care. <laughs> I don't blame you guys. It's been a year and a half since uh, the shutdown, um, you know, since the whole COVID, you know, scare started, really. And uh, so I don't blame people for wanting to get out and get back to a normal existence. This is, if you recall, uh, one of the first uh, things I touched up on on this podcast, my first episode, in fact. Um, That's actually where you guys actually met Christian, if you recall. Um, quick little uh, one to two minute and <laughs> possibly three minute interview um, but yeah uh, it's it's definitely a different scene out there it's kind of nice then of course you got some people that are not so nice that are out in traffic but that's a whole nother story that's been an issue for years <laughs> Anyhow, I'm going to take a, a little bit of a, a moment here because if you recall back at the Mother's Day episode, I told you guys that I would have a Father's Day episode um, kind of trying to look at the crucifixion from uh, the Father's perspective, from God the Father's perspective. Because, I mean, I told you how, uh, you know, how Mary had to basically sit there in front of the cross as her son was hung up there, dying, bleeding, suffering, and uh, how she must have felt. So this isn't an exact, I mean, it's kind of a interpretation, if you will, um, scene setting, if you want, uh, however you want to put it. But um, this, uh, you know, possibly a view from the father. And as a father myself, uh, with a child with autism, I can imagine the struggle that that would be, but being again that he is God the Father, he is he is uh, in control of everything. So he knew um, how to handle the situation. I mean, they, he's God, so obviously he's going to handle the situation better than somebody like you or me. Um, by the way, quick little shout out to all the fathers out there. Happy Father's Day. Uh, you know, I hope it's as uh, eventful as uh, as it should be. You know. Uh, <laughs> anyhow, back to the subject at hand. See, um, Christ knew what he was here for. He knew that he was going to be the living sacrifice for us all, and uh, he was going to die a very, very painful death. And um, you know, that was that was his mission is so that way he can connect us um, to back to Christ or back to God and that was his whole entire mission and he was well aware of it 
but can you imagine just for a quick minute how God the Father felt seeing his one and only son that he sent to this world um, you know dying and and just in extreme anguish just physical physical anguish uh, you know that had to have uh, he is a loving God, so I mean, you know that had to have pulled a few, uh, you know, little hard strings there. I, I can only imagine um, how I would have reacted, you know, as a father, like I said, um, with my son sitting there just like, you know, kind of looking up at me and just kind of being like, Dad, please, you know, let this pass, let, you know, don't let me feel this pain, but... God the Father was looking at the situation in a whole nother manner. He was looking at it from the perspective that, you know, this is what he knew that Christ came for. This is exactly what his mission to do on this earth was, is to die for all of our sins. And um, that's, you know, that what he was, what Christ was going through at the time was basically just a little uh, walk in the park really in in retrospect um because he hadn't met the father's wrath yet i mean you know christ comes to take on the sins of the world and as he's looking down at his son who's paying the price who has become literally the lamb our atonement is covered in sin that like every single little bit of sin on this earth is literally just piled on top of his son so he's looking at it as i have to punish the sin although my son lived a sinless life i have to punish the sin i'm not punishing him Necessarily, I am punishing the sin that he willingly took on as the atonement for everybody, you know, every living person that he, you know, that he created. So as he's looking down, he sees his son just covered in sin and he releases, he, he, he unleashes all of his wrath and judgment and persecution of every little bit of sin that this world is and engulfed with since Adam and Eve and has just gotten worse and worse I mean look at Sodom and Gomorrah for instance I mean that was that was uh, the biggest um, not, I wouldn't really say the biggest because in God's eyes all sin is, does, is just as equal as the other I mean you could lie and it's just as bad as if you murder somebody or uh, you know uh, whatever you know so I mean it's it's pretty in you know it's pretty in depth in that one but to see the father looking down and unleashing all of his anger and wrath and judgment and everything just right there onto Christ onto his own son but as he's looking down on his son he's not looking at him in anger he's not looking at him and well you know, you took on the sins of the world, so you disgust me now. No, that wasn't the situation at all. Because if you remember, during the baptism of Jesus that John did, um, the skies opened up, and a big old light shone down on Christ, and he says, you hear God say, 
well, I'm not sure you necessarily hear it, but God says, this is my son whom I am well pleased. So that means literally, um, as he's looking down on the cross, he's looking at his son in love, but he's also judging and punishing all the sin that he took on himself. So at, at one point, if you, if you've actually read any of the gospels, there's like three hours of just straight darkness just straight darkness because his son is being crucified and that's when God himself is unleashing all of his wrath now I can't even uh, begin begin to describe what the wrath of God would be like I can't but I think that maybe just maybe the best description that I could personally give um, would probably be something like um if you ever seen the movie, um, The Storm, uh, or Perfect Storm, I believe it is, just, you know, just relentless, just ocean waves just pouring over this ship and just smashing it around in the ocean and just, you know, basically tossing it around like a ragdoll in retrospect, um, with such, you know, force and anger and violence, that would be probably the best interpretation that I can get um, but I know it's a lot harsher than that it's a lot you know a lot um, a lot stronger than that in all reality so as he's unleashing all of his uh, you know uh, rage and, and judgment and and everything just his, you know his wrath literally upon the sins that Christ was taking on yes he uh, Christ was going through all of it in a spiritual sense I guess if you want to put it that in that perspective but as God is releasing all of this God finally you know God the Father finally turns his face away and that's when you hear Christ say, my father, my father, why have you forsaken me? God had to turn his face away from all the sin and shame that was being put on Christ after he had judged it. That's, I guess, in a way of saying, you know, that's he literally is like turning him. Some people would look at it as he literally turned his back on his own son. That was not the case. God was there present. He was still present there. Regardless of how you look at it, he was still there and still very present. Because um, if you, rec you know, at that moment when they offered him the uh, vinegar and wine, um, Christ took a, got a, you know, I guess wet his lips or... Um, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, obviously, but um, they gave him the uh, wine with vinegar, and at that moment, he says, um, into your hands I commit my spirit. It's finished. And that's when Christ takes his last breath on this earth. At least, well, at least after the cross, or, you know, since the cross. Now, afterwards is a whole nother story. That's a whole, whole nother episode we can get into at a later time. But um, just think about that for just a quick minute. You know, crisis, you know, just 
dies right there at that moment and the veils in the temple is uh from my understanding how it was described to me was like almost almost uh there's really nothing you could do to tear it there's nothing you can do to rip it there's i mean nothing nothing it was like made of the strongest um fabrics and materials and whatever um on the earth pretty much like it was it was un uh it would withstand the test of time even you know to anything or even our own personal clothes i mean for goodness sake and yet god the father as christ took his final breath tore that veil right in half so no christ didn't or god did not uh um turn his back on his son he did not leave him because even in the bible god says i will never leave you nor forsake you right so no he did not leave and forsake his son it was literally the judgment was over the wrath was over and he didn't feel it anymore so he's like oh well what father where did you go where did you go why did this stop so he literally took that all on for us christ did but the father as he's looking down at his son who is taking the punishment for our sins is looking down on him still even after he has taken his last breath looking down on his son and saying I'm proud of you. You have fulfilled what you were meant to do. And you know what I put you on this earth for. What you came here for. I'm proud of you. You manned up. You dealt with what what was coming. And you took it. When at any point in time. Jesus could have commanded the angels to come pull him off of that cross. But no. He didn't. He took the atonement. He... <laughs> gave his life and even in uh the gospels jesus says no one takes my life from me i lay it down willingly so could you imagine like some of the pride some of the like yes there was uh anguish and sadness because his son was being covered in our sins but the pride knowing that his son became the lamb for us and the connection to God the Father for us to bring us back into his kingdom. Something to think about. I mean, really, it's it's really amazing when you think about it um, from that perspective. I know if my son... Now, I mean, granted, I would be hysterical if my son decided that he wanted to take on the punishment for somebody else which would be a case of death i know that i personally would just be floored but knowing that what what my son had done for everybody around him i would be very very pleased extremely pleased and proud of him that he was willing to stand up and take what was coming to him knowing full well what was coming i 
I can only, I, it, sometimes just thinking about it brings me to tears almost. And I'm not a person that likes that, you know, that cries. I'm not, <laughs> nothing whatsoever. I mean, um, but I mean, I can just imagine the, the, the pride that God the Father felt that his son, his one and only son that he sent here, took on the punishment for our sins and is now seated at his right hand at his right hand it's amazing to me yes he unleashed all of his wrath onto his son but it was a wrath that his son was willing to take for in our place and for anybody that does not accept that um really uh you're basically in reality sense really spitting at the father's face god the father's face you're spitting at the son who literally gave his life to save you and uh you know if you don't know christ personally as your savior i very very highly urge you to go to your local church um, as long as it is a Bible preaching church um, you know fully understands what the gospel is and what Christ our Savior had done for us and I, I highly highly urge you to go talk to the, a pastor because to deny Christ is just it's wrong on so many levels, especially knowing what he gave for us. And then you looking at what God the Father gave, his only son, to become our atonement, our punishment. As a father, I would not be able to sit there and look down at my son and see him suffering, you know, crying out to me, God, <laughs> or well, not not in my case, not in that case, but um, my son looking out to me, going, Dad, Dad, please, don't let this happen to me. Save me from this. And that is essentially what Christ said. He was when he was praying in the garden, let there let this cup pass from me, if it be in your will. He wasn't talking about the death. He wasn't talking about the physical pain. He knew what was coming. The wrath of God the Father. And that's something that we all should be scared, afraid of. Absolutely afraid of. You know that moment when mom's really mad at you? Like you've done something absolutely horrible. Like you broke her favorite vase even though she told you not to mess with it. You broke it anyway. And she says, "You just wait until your father comes home." It puts that fear in you because you know dad's a lot harsher than mom. And that's literally the sense with God the Father. He is a lot harsher than mom. Okay? So just sit on that, think about it for a minute. But I mean, uh, Christ knew how the wrath of the Father. And again, that's something we should all be afraid of. A lot harsher than mom any day. Anyhow, that's just some thoughts. Um, so let me know what you think. Send me a text or an email. Um, 
Confused World Podcast at gmail.com. That's Confused World Podcast at gmail.com. Send me uh, your thoughts, your comments, and uh, if there's a way to comment on the pod or on the episode, definitely do so. If there's not, I will try to figure out a way to be able to do that. I'm still, <laughs> I'm still getting used to this whole podcasting thing, so uh, this is all kind of new to me still. Um, but I will figure out more stuff and more stuff and more stuff and <laughs> maybe we might make it sound a little bit more professional than it is. Uh, anyway, <laughs> until next time, everyone. Um, I just want to give a quick, another quick shout out again. My buddies, Katie and Christian, uh, this coming Sunday, married a week, married a week unbelievable anyhow until next time everyone take care of yourselves and each other